the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. Uh, we are here with someone who is going through it right now, but he's a trooper yes. to make sure content <laughs> stays on track. Justin, how are you feeling tonight? Uh, well, I feel oh, I don't feel great, but I feel okay enough that I don't need to have a bucket beside me. It's out of it's. I mean, it's not out of reach, but don't worry. I have my hand over the mute button just in case. <laughs> Yeah, we will we'll keep this episode tighter than usual just so you can continue to rest and get healthy. Uh, but we do have things we need to discuss. Yes. And first, what has been new with you, friend? Um, I played through uh, the new Dark Pictures Anthology game. I have seen that it wasn't that good. It was interesting. It wasn't as bad as Man of Medan or Man of Medan or however the hell you want to say it, or Little Hope. Uh, it was better than those two. I personally enjoyed it more than The Quarry, but I, th- I feel like The Quarry was really like padded out. Um, but it wasn't as good as House of Ashes. But the premise was by far the coolest. Um, mm-hmm. It's based on H.H. Holmes, like America's first serial killer. Yeah. And his like hotel. Yep. Um, basically, this document, this like super rich guy, recreated the hotel, and then he died, and so his like he somebody from his family inherited it, and he got in con- gets in contact with these people making a documentary about H. H. Holmes, and you go like to the hotel that is like perfectly recreated. Interesting. And okay. like shit okay. happens, obviously, because it's a fucking horror game. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, no, it, it's it's like it's my favorite concept so far because it's not supernatural it's the first one they've done that doesn't have anything like that at at all at all sorry i wasn't gonna throw up i was just my throat got dry (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh it wasn't supernatural so it's like really like i don't know it's it's more about like the human element of everything which is like nice although Mm -hmm. they did have a trailer at the end of it and the next one is going to be set in space and it looks like it's going to be like a 2001 space odyssey kind of like see the thing is is like the concepts behind these games are always very interesting it's the execution that has been lacking so i will say the movement feels better um it's just it was it's just a lot of like i didn't care for the characters as much here as i did in the other one and like yeah they tried to add some new things which work but they haven't like fine-tuned it yet but yeah, I don't know. Um, other than that, I played Pokemon, but I won't talk about it because you haven't yet. I haven't started yet. No, yeah. I have not. Uh, I'm not that far. I will say that thing sucks the battery out of the Switch, though. Okay, that's good to know. I I was at 77% when I started it. I played for half an hour, and I was down to 40%. Okay, that's good to know. Make yeah. sure I have my charger ready to go for it. Upstairs. Yeah, so I am going to try it on docked tonight, but I've heard that docked performance isn't great. It's like runs better in handheld because it's not mm-hmm. trying to like push out anything more. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I watched The Omen and then I didn't really do much other than work. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's been a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's and the snow is coming. Uh, we all well, we actually already had a fuck ton of snow, so and we're supposed to be getting not as bad as Buffalo this weekend, but we're supposed to be getting like 
70-ish centimeters, which is about three and a half feet, three and a quarter fun. feet. I'm jealous. Like, if you don't have to do anything, that's fun. But if you have to do stuff, it sucks. Oh, I have to work. <laughs> I have to drive. And actually, no, I'm not. I'm. It's supposed to not snow until, like, Sunday afternoon. So I'm going to drive okay. for my parents Sunday morning. To get ahead of it. And then just have to drive five minutes to work and not an hour on a highway. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, I don't think I've really done much else this week. What about you? Uh, so TV, I am on episode like 34, 35 of One Piece. Oh, nice. Um, How is it? It's okay. It's okay. That's, I really... Sorry, that, Stephen. I find the main character to be really fucking annoying. Is that that like Luffy guy? Yeah. I've yeah. That's a show I've always wanted to watch because it looks so cool. It's okay. All yeah. I know is people talk about Dragon Ball having multi-episode fights. This show does the exact same thing. And really? So I, I just don't want to ever want to hear anybody complain about it. I think it's just an, an anime thing. Well, is it? I wonder if there's like, because I know that show is like, it's like still going on, isn't it? It's like over a thousand episodes. I have to get to episode 60. That's when I have paid my debt to Steven. Oh, see, because I'm wondering if it has like this turnover where event, you know, like because it's been going on so long, the older episodes are harder to watch. But then when you get to like episode 100, maybe there's like this turn and it it's not bad. Better. It's, it's fine. It's like yeah. it's pirates and it's like goofy stuff. And like sometimes it gets heavy and stuff. But I don't know. It's not hitting that itch for me. I'm, yeah, I'm fair. picky, though. Uh, then Dragula, um, Victoria Black did not memorize her lines and kind of got in trouble went to the bottom two this week but i am winning our fantasy league for dragula so my girl is keeping me on top movies obviously watch the omen and then i watched the next studio ghibli movie called ocean waves have you seen Uh, that one no i have not it is a kid reminiscing about a love triangle he was a part of when he was in high school and he's going to his high school reunion to meet these people again weird Really weird. It was very weird. It was very strange. The next one I have is Palm Poco. I don't think I've seen that one. I haven't seen a lot of these movies. I've only seen like four of them. Yeah, so it's been fun. It's it's just crazy because like Disney's never tackled anything remotely as heavy as a couple of these ones. Did you watched. watch the Baby Yoda Studio Ghibli short? No, I've heard it's cute though. Yeah, it is very. It is adorable. Yeah. Um, games. Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster. Nice. I just got to the merge world for those who have played five before. Yeah. Um, I was messaging Justin. <laughs> I totally, so I'm going for hundred percent completion. So I have to complete the bestiary and there is an enemy you have to be. That's like notorious for just being miserable. And it's the yeah. gill turtle. So for people who haven't played or people, did who it use? It, I, so I was wondering, did it used to be called like the gill snapper in the old versions or something? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I that's, so. I think that's why I couldn't remember. Cause as soon as I saw, like the art i was like oh yes okay i know exactly yes okay so there's this cave and when you walk through this door in the cave each step you take doubles the amount of gill you pick up up to like eighty-four thousand gill but there's a chance each step you take you encounter the gill turtle um and there used to be some kind of like they must have coded it wrong or did something stupid where you could insta-kill it if you used drain or like a blood sword, something that like okay. took its health, it would insta-kill it. But it got patched. And so everybody else must have already gone through their bestiary completion and done it because I could not find a strategy to kill this thing. So basically, I just took someone as a knight character, uh, 
got all black mages, put cover on the knight, and then just started dual, dual casting. But I ground mm-hmm. up all my team to have red mage maxed because red okay. mage red mage unlocks dual cast. Oh nice! So I was just spitting shit at him constantly, but I did get it beat. But yeah, like I, I have these pixel remasters are fantastic. I'm hoping to get. I, I'm a little bit off pace because I have to play Pokemon now, and obviously we have stuff for the podcast. But Christ, uh, not Crisis Core. Yeah, it's Crisis Core. Yeah, Crisis Core. It's called something Come. else now, though, isn't it? The Crisis Core remake is coming out in December. Yes. Um, and I was hoping to have six and OG seven beat for it, but I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to get all that done. Crisis so, Core Final Fantasy Seven Reunion. Fucking square, Enix. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, Pokemon Violet is waiting for me. Yeah. After we finish recording, and I'm very excited. I, I did get Scarlet, so cool, eventually when I get there, I'll I'll like print out a list or something, so I know okay. which ones are exclusive yeah, to me. And that way, know, we, can, we can share a Google Doc, and I'll make sure I catch them for you too. Okay. Um, books. I finished two this week. I finished The Angel's Command by Ryan Jock. Uh, he wrote the Redwall books. This is like okay. his like pirate. Like basically, they're like these this kid and his dog were aboard the Flying Dutchman when it was cursed, but they were like captives on it. So they have the curse of eternal life, but like they're on land and they can they go around helping people. It's whatever. It's a boy and a dog story. What more do you need? Uh, and then I finished book two of the Thrawn trilogy, Dark Forest Rising. Nice, nice, nice. Um, those are I I literally cannot recommend those more. They're so fucking good. The, the aren't aren't they like the not? Are they are they back in canon now? Nope. Or no, they're Thrawn is the canon now, right? Through Clone Wars, but uh, those books are not. Mara Jade, rest in peace. Um, and then currently, I'm reading My Heart Is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. He's the guy who wrote The Only Good Indians. Okay. Um, it's cool so far. It's giving me kind of Final Girl support group vibes. Interesting. And then I just started today the Carnivorous Carnival, which is the next book in the series of unfortunate events. Oh, I wanted to ask you, and I keep forgetting. Yep. Have you watched the My Best Friend's Exorcism Amazon I TV show? I keep forgetting that's out there. I need to watch that. I keep okay. forgetting that. I just happened to there. see a trailer for it today, and I was like, oh, that actually looks like really yeah. funny. So. I don't know why I keep forgetting it. I need to watch that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other stuff. I am up to date on the Chainsaw Man mega. Justin, you need to get caught up. Yeah. You, got me, oh, you got me on it, and now I've read all of them. <laughs> well, now and you I can start watching the show. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start reading I, it tomorrow, or not tomorrow. I will say the week. last three manga kind of got a little bit. What's the right word? Uh, not goofy. Just like they lost the the, the thread. Okay. Yeah. Like it went. Yeah. Um, then Michigan State basketball is actually playing right now, and they are winning again. Thank God. I should have stopped <laughs> watching because they're kicking ass now. Um, and the other big thing is tomorrow night, as we're recording, um, MJF is wrestling. <clears throat> He's my second favorite wrestler, only to Bray Wyatt. He's going for the big championship. Uh, so I'm excited to watch that kind of a slow week though honestly i feel you i feel you yeah you've been dealing with stuff though i've just been i have like i swear i think i've driven more this week than i did when i drove to michigan (laughs) 
I I think you probably have. Yeah. <laughs> Just from what I know, yeah. Yeah, because I think I've, on average, been driving about four to five hours a day. While dealing with a sick family and while being now sick yourself. Yes, it's... So I'm looking forward note, to, to my weekend. <laughs> so on that note, let's help you get there a little bit faster and get into our review of The Omen. Roman is a 1976 supernatural horror film directed by Richard Donner and written by David Seltzer. Donner began his career in 1957 as a television director, but in the 1960s he had directed episodes of The Rifleman, The Man from Uncle, The Fugitive, The Twilight Zone, and all the other shows I used to watch with my grandpa on MeTV. For the people who know, you know. He made his film debut with a low-budget aviation drama called X-15 in 1961 but his first critical breakthrough was the omen did he uh did he do all three of them no okay the other movies that he is known for justin is the original superman okay he directed the goonies okay scrooged i actually really love scrooged (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the Lethal Weapon movies. Interesting. So he's got like he's got some good good stuff under his belt. Okay. He got some really good stuff, and it's interesting because no more horror. Really. Yeah. Huh. Crazy, right? Uh, the film stars Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, and David Warner. So I have a lot on Gregory Peck. So if you get tired of hearing about, it, let me know. <laughs> but. He was an American actor and one of the most popular film stars from the 40s to the 70s. In 1999, the American Film Institute named Peck the 12th greatest male actor of all time. He... Again, there's just so much stuff. He gained first critical acclaim for the film Keys of the Kingdom in 1944. It also earned him his first Academy Award nomination. He then was in a bunch of successful films going from Value of Decision... Hitchcock's Spellbound, and The Yearling. He kind of went through a a slower phase, but he then took off again, mainly due to his role in Roman Holiday, starring opposite Audrey Hepburn, for which he uh, got a Golden Globe. Other big movies he was in, he was Captain Ahab in Moby Dick, both the 1956 and the 1998 TV miniseries, which is kind of cool. The Guns of Navone, Cape Fear, both the original and he's in the remake too. Oh, I keep meaning to watch the remake. It's good. It's like legitimately good. Really? Both, Both Cape Fears are good, in my opinion. 
Um, but something I wanted to bring up about Peck was that he was very active in politics and he was instrumental in challenging the House Un-American Activities Committee in 1947 and was regarded as a political opponent by Richard Nixon. President Lyndon Johnson would honor Peck with the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1969 for his lifetime humanitarian efforts. Hmm. That is actually really cool. Yeah. Remick was an American actress and singer. She was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress for the film Days of Wine and Roses and for the 1966 Tony Award for Best Actress in a play for her Broadway performance in Wait Until Dark. She was first starred in A Face in the Crowd, 1957. Other movies that you might know her from are Anatomy of a Murder, Wild River, No Way to Treat a Lady, The Detective, and The Europeans. Warner is a face I, I think everybody recognizes, but no one really knows his name. Okay. He, you've seen Titanic, right? Yes. He's the, he's the henchman in Titanic. Yeah, I, I, henchman. I don't. I don't. Okay, I've so seen you know Titanic Rose is once. Betrothed. Yes. You know his creepy little sidekick guy. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Huh. But he was also in Time After Time, A Christmas Carol. He played Rob Cratchit, uh, opposite George Scott's Ebenezer Scrooge. Titanic. He was a personification of evil in time bandits and he has a ton of awards in star trek or a ton of uh um, characters in star trek um in 1981 he won an emmy for outstanding supporting actor in a mini series for his portrayal of the barbaric commander of a roman legion in the mini series masada the film was nominated the film the omen was nominated for two oscars winning for best original score and nominated for best original song it would spawn a franchise which include the films Damien, Omen 2, Omen, Damien, Omen 2, Omen 3, The Final Conflict, Omen 4, The Awakening, and the 2006 remake. It was shot on a budget of $2.8 million and it would gross over $60.9. I did not know there was four. At first, I did not know there was four of them. Well, I guess five <laughs> if you count the remake. Um... Yeah, I've only seen the first one. Me too. I've seen the remake, but I haven't seen the ones in between the, the other one. Is the remake? Good. I have not seen it since I was a kid. Okay. In this time, I I probably do something different to kind of because I'm not going to do a 60 second summary because I want to kind of because you're not feeling well, but I definitely want to talk about some stuff because this movie has a lot of crazy things. So I okay. have some trivia. I have, I have a bunch of it. So if you get tired of it, let me know. We can stop. But I think okay. some of this stuff's pretty cool. Uh, let me zoom in a little bit better so I can see it. Okay, cool. So, Harvey Stevens, who plays Damien, was largely chosen for this role from the way he attacked Richard Donner during auditions. Donner asked all the little boys to come at him as if they were attacking Catherine Thorne during the church scene. Stevens screamed and clawed at Donner's face, kicked him in the groin during the acting. <laughs> Donner whipped, his, whipped the kid off of him, ordered the kid's blonde hair dyed black, and immediately cast him as Damien. I mean, I think they did a fantastic job. This kid is, like, yeah. fantastic. But yes. I'm, I... <laughs> At around 51 minutes, when the fishbowl falls to the ground, sardines, which were already dead, were painted orange instead of actual goldfish because Richard Donner refused to kill goldfish for the sake of making a silly movie. Hmm. Good on him. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too. 
Jerry Goldsmith, the composer, didn't want to attend the Academy Awards that year, since he had already lost multiple times before and didn't want to go through the ordeal losing again. Donner told him he was going to win without any doubt, so Goldsmith went to the ceremony, but he was incredibly nervous and was actually caught smoking on camera two cigarettes at a time. Whoa. His win for this movie was the only Oscar of his career. Huh. Hey. He got told ahead of time that he would do it, right? So <laughs> Yeah. One of the reasons why Gregory Peck accepted the role of a tortured father conflicted with guilt was because he hadn't been around when his son Jonathan had committed suicide in 1975. According to at least one biography, Peck took the role at a huge cut in his salary, only $250,000. But he was guaranteed 10% of the film's box office gross. So, when it went on to gross over $60 million, it became the highest-paid performance of Peck's career. Wow. One of Richard Donner's first requests to the screenwriter was to remove all suggestions of the supernatural, which at the time included cloven, hooved demons, and witch covens. The golden rule was that nothing was allowed in the script that couldn't happen in real life. The idea was that there should be some degree of doubt whether or not Thorne was becoming deranged. At around the 34-minute mark, to make the baboons attack the car, the official from the zoo was sitting in the back seat with a baby baboon. But all the baboons didn't care about this. So they took the head baboon and put him in the car, and the baboons outside lost their shit. So the terror you see Lee Remick is real, because they were legitimately attacking the car because of that. Oh my god. The film seemed to fall victim to a curse. Gregory Peck and screenwriter David Seltzer took separate planes to the UK, yet both those planes were struck by lightning. Producer Harvey Bernard was in Rome. Lightning just missed him. Rottweilers hired for the film and would attack their trainers. A hotel at which Richard Donner was staying at got bombed by the IRA, and he was also hit by a car. Peck canceled a flight to Israel, and the plane that he was supposed to be on crashed, killing everyone on board. On the first day of the shoot, several principal members of the crew survived a head-on car crash. This jinx appeared to continue after production, with special effects artist John Richardson injured and his girlfriend beheaded in an accident on the set of the film A Bridge Too Far. See, wasn't this in uh, The Omen? I think it was. That was in Curse Film. Did Did you ever watch season two of that? No, dude, the episode of Twilight Zone really, um, so really just like me and Devin still talk about that. How just fucked up it is. I wish they hadn't shown that footage. Yeah, me too. I agree. Um, season two is you're not going to see anything like that. But also, uh, no, that's a lie. When you see when it's Cannibal Holocaust, you see them. Well, I mean, it's yeah. in the movie, but um, man, season two of that show is just not good. It like lost the plot. It just like. Starts talking about well, I think movies. like there's like the big movies that are very like known for that kind of stuff, and then as you start like trying to make it fit that, yes, it's less. It was very much trying to make it fit, and then by the end, you're like, so wait, how was this cursed? They just went exactly. on talking about yeah. Anyways, exactly. Yikes. Anyways, okay, so yeah. so no secret summary again to kind of keep things moving for Justin's sake. Uh, yeah. But the very quick some of it is Atticus Fitch is given a baby to replace the baby that of his that was born that allegedly died. Yeah. Him and his wife 
he is an ambassador to the President of the United States. Uh, actually, they seem to be in a really happy marriage together. They seem to love each other. Damien's doing well. And then, after Damien's birthday party, things start going weird. Um, and I, I found it really interesting because Atticus Fitch never doubted his wife, really. Yeah. Like, he never, like, like, like said, you're going crazy or whatever. Like, he, he was never trying to doubt her, which I really appreciated. But basically, he starts unraveling this plot alongside a photographer who is realizing that there's something odd with Damien. The film resolved with Gregory Peck finally realizing after the death of his wife and the death of the photographer and death of all these people around him that his son is the spawn of Satan, but to confirm it, he goes and cuts the back of his head off and finds the 666 tattoo there. Drives him to the church to because he has to be killed on holy ground. Gets killed, and Gregory Peck's good friend, the President of the United States, has adopted Damien, and he smiles at the camera. So for me, this movie is really good. Yeah, I no, I agree. <laughs> there is one section that I think is going to hurt its overall score, but the other three, I don't have a lot to say because I think it's wonderful. For the plot, I it's been so long since I've seen this. I did not remember it be like so obviously we know Damien is the son of Satan. Like we, we yeah, just, like yeah. it's, it's in pop culture now. But I think if you were to watch this movie when it came out, they do such a good job of leaning into like, are you sure he's evil? Yes, because I love. I, I, that. Well, I agree to a point. I mean, I think it's like, is it could be a couple of things. It's like, is he evil? Is the babysitter made lady the just yeah. the nanny like crazy or is the dad crazy like it doesn't really obviously like you said we uh, we know now just through like pulp pulp pop culture pop. <laughs> <laughs> that uh he he's he's the bad uh, you know he is the son of satan but uh no i i think you're right for the most part it does kind of leave you with the ability to think it's like something else yeah uh whether it be the nanny or the dad and the thing like one of the biggest things i mentioned, I mentioned in the summary too that i really really love about this movie is that it's very similar to the conjuring where the husband does isn't doubting his wife yes like she's going through shit and she's talking about like how she wants to have an abortion because she doesn't want to go through this trauma again how she feels like there's something not wrong with damien and like never once does he like question her or say you're being crazy or anything like that and i really appreciate that because he was still like dealing with trying to understand what was going on so we don't yeah. lose any of that it's more just like the wife didn't have to be belittled in order to keep the narrative going and i really liked it granted yeah. i think he probably should have looped her in a little bit more so like maybe she would have had a chance but like I really just found the way this story was told interesting because it built. And we did Carrie last week, right? Yes. And I think that – or a couple weeks ago. But right. I think we both agree that Carrie was dull. Oh, Carrie was very boring. <laughs> I was not bored throughout any of this movie. It no, like it, it started – It moved went. at like a clip. Yes, it was a very good clip. And it's clip. a two-hour movie. But, man, like – I was in the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I think I, I'm trying to think of, like, a specifically dull moment, and it's really, like, it's... Because you're kind of, like, 
reeling from the last thing that happens as it slow, yeah. as it works into the next one, and you don't really have time to like be bored. Process it, yeah. It's just it's just a very, very impressive story, and like I, I don't know, like I, because I I think I remember the remake more. I remember this because there's a lot of this I didn't remember, and like just the journey they're going on, and how even like even when confronted with not concrete evidence because he wants to see the number on the back of his son's head but yeah. he goes to the grave site and he sees it and they're attacked by the dog and the photographer's like I'm not like we're, like I'm not gonna fucking die for this like I'm gonna go kill him and he gets decapitated like, yeah. he, even when his wife is dead like he is just constantly in doubt of like like is it he raised it as his son yeah he doesn't want to kill his son yeah yeah and I just I don't like we'll get to him and acting obviously too but I just found the story really good. It's very simple. The The evolution of the story is good. They don't go into crazy, like, expletives for, or explanations for why things are happening. Yeah. Because, like, I reviewed Rosemary's Baby a while ago with Rachel on her podcast and some others. And, like, in that one, there's a whole lot of, like, basically, like, there was a lot of the, the, the gaslighting of Rosemary, but, like, there's a whole lot of explanation about everything that's going on here, right? In this one, it's very simple. Hmm. It's like a few people were tempted by the devil to create this chaos, and now here yeah. we are. And I, I just, I love the plot here. I absolutely love the plot here. It's like a murder mystery, whodunit kind of thing, and I'm just in for it. No, I, I agree. I mean, I don't, it, it's hard when something is, it's hard when something's not really bad to like <laughs> really talk to like really get into it because well, I mean there's the nothing bad the to say is up there on like the pantheon of the greats yes I agree. there's a reason for it yeah I gave it a 10 for plot I I love it I, I, I told because Devin wasn't able to watch it with me I told her to watch it again in a heartbeat because it was that good yeah I, I also gave it a 10 uh, Michelle was sad that she couldn't watch this with me because this oh, is also Michelle one missed of, it too yes uh, this Devin, is also one of her favorite wasn't movies. able to watch it with Michelle because she was busy too so we both failed our wives this week <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Cinematography. <laughs> I thought this was good too. Yeah, like I, I wasn't sure how I was, because I specifically, one thing I do remember, and I remembered going into, was the de- the decapitation of yes. the uh, photographer. Yep. And I wasn't sure how it was going to like, because it's been a few years since I've seen this. So yeah. I, I wasn't sure how it was going to like play again, but man. For almost a 50 year practical effect, Dude, granted it it's like, it's like it, you can kind of tell. Oh yeah. But as we've talked about so many times on this podcast, I will take a practical effect over well, digital any they, day, and it looks good. <laughs> it looks good, and like the way they have it, like after he gets decapitated, it like lands in front of a mirror, so we're not actually yeah. looking at the face of it, but we're looking at the reflect. It just and like the blood spatter wasn't over the top, but it was yeah. still there in it. But the death scene to me that like. I had forgotten about it, but it's the scene I can't stop thinking about since I watched the movie. Was the priest in the yard impaled? Hmm, that's a see. I whenever I think of death scenes in this movie, it is always, always, always. It's all for you, Damien. Yeah, the very beginning. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and and that's good too. But like, it's just the way the priest is like standing there and the way he like slumps over. Yeah. And like, there's no gore. You don't see the pipe in it like Final Destination style. But, like, it is very obvious what happened. It goes deathly silent. It's just the way that it's shot. And the other thing I like about cinematography, too, a whole lot, 
is the way Damien is shot. Because until we see the 666, everything that happens with him could very easily be the nanny kind of positioning things. Mm-hmm. Or like us going through psychosis with the mom. Yeah, because he is never like, he never has that like evil. Until that final grin. smile. Yes, exactly. He's just like a very, he's a kid. He's a kid. And I think shooting him like that and making him, like, like obviously he has a freak out when he's going to the church, but, like, that's a tantrum. We've seen kids have tantrums. It never seems sadistic. Yeah. Until that final smile, that final shot. And like you said, there are so many scenes in this movie that are just iconic at this point. The it's all for you, Damien, suicide scene, the priest in the yard. Well, like the tricycle down the the hallway. Yeah, like... It's just this movie is amazing like I, I have nothing negative to say i think that it doesn't have like all like all the cuts are good i think all the positioning like a lot of the scenes were like especially with gregory peck is like being confronted by people like it definitely feels like he's trying to keep distance from like the people who are trying to show him the truth but as the yeah. journey goes on like i don't know i i fucking loved it i gave it a 10 again i have nothing negative to say i love it yeah i also did as well so <laughs> audio um, we're going to be keeping on a trend because now yes, you probably can guess where the section that i have some thoughts on are going to be coming up yeah no but, I, I think we're kind of both in the same uh on the same yeah. page here with yeah with this the yes we're winning the academy award and i think it is up there in the pantheon of the greats the score is uh, is immediately recognizable it is haunting it is scary i think it's great I, I love it and it's like repeated throughout the movie and it builds upon itself and i think it's fantastic well yeah it's like that like uh demon not even like well i guess it is demonic <laughs> uh it's like that demonic like churchy chant yeah, kind of like yep. i don't know how to describe it but yes, and it, like, no, it, like, it builds and it, you'll, you'll hear it before we start I mean, listeners will hear it and stuff yeah but and then the acting i think i don't even need to say anything about gregory peck's performance it's astounding yeah, like I think, I, I think any lesser performance would have really hindered this movie, because we have to go on the journey with him. We have to go with him from the hus- a successful husband and a loving family with a loving wife and a loving child, and we have to go on the journey with him of all of that falling apart while he tries to keep it together. Like we yeah. have to go on that powerless journey with him, and I that's why I included the bit about why he took the role is like I think he was honestly using this performance as a way to work through his own grief yeah and i think it's just a remarkable performance i think lee remick as damien's mom is fantastic as well i think the the uh replacement the nanny. nanny is oh, man. Like, terrifying so like, yes absolutely yeah terrifying. It's, it's weird because I, I feel like it rarely do we see a movie just like knock it out of the park with all of its casting and like with yeah. with like how its characters are written but it, i mean it, it that's what it is here i mean i don't think there's yeah. really a character in here that i didn't enjoy and like love and like i said we talked about a little bit of cinematography already but like damien himself the character actor or the, the, the child actor who played damien i just love how Donner and obviously we would see him have similar success with children in movies with like Goonies and stuff right yeah but like, I love how they kept Damien as like a kid until that final fucking shot where he yeah. turns because even when he sees the 666 on his head he's still acting like a kid he says and he's like talking to his dad right before his dad's about to stab him like 
And it's not until that final shot where it's like, he was, yeah, he's the Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a 10 again. I it's. I also did as well. Uh, 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 this next section, though. <laughs> I mentioned a little bit earlier that this felt like a murder, mystery, suspense kind of movie, right? Where like we're yeah. unraveling this big secret. I wonder if The Omen wasn't like the pop culture staple that it is. Um, if it would have been more scary, but we talked about how all like the big death things are iconic. Yes. So you know they're coming. Yeah. Like even before I watched this movie, I knew the suicide from the nanny was happening. Yeah. I knew the decapitation was happening and I knew his manga pushed out a window. Yeah. So all of those things I knew going into it. So, like, yeah, there's, like, the kind of foreknowledge of, like, knowing what's coming, what's not coming. But even more so, we know from the beginning that the kid's not his. Yeah. So, like, we know there is some kind of mystery behind it, so it's not a big shock when we find out that yeah, like evil. It, yeah, nothing is really, like, played to the, like, s- scariness of anything. It's really just, like... It's it's definitely yeah. more like a, a mystery that needs to be solved more than it is like trapped in a house with a killer kind of thing. Like yeah, because because we did the birds right, and the birds yeah. is one of Hitchcock's horror movies, and like that was a little bit more scary because the birds are attacking or whatever. Fine, but like Hitchcock is really known for the bomb under the table, right? We know the bombs there, but the actors don't, and yeah. that's what this feels like. But I don't find that necessarily scary. I find that suspenseful. It keeps me yeah. enthralled. And I think, at least for me personally, there's a difference in the fear I feel, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Hitchcockian bomb under the table setup versus, like, The Conjuring, right? There's just a difference there. And so this yeah. doesn't make it a bad movie or a not scary movie. I think to the right person, this could be terrifying. But I think because of just the niche it has in pop culture, because so many of the big scare scenes are just plastered everywhere like you go to a yeah. list of like scariest movie moments of all time you'll find something from the omen in there you'll find yeah, something. absolutely yeah absolutely and so like it is scary it would be terrifying to go through that but like being pragmatic <clears throat> it's just it, it is the weakest part of this movie yeah i i, I agree i mean i i, I think you kind of hit it uh, on the head there with like saying it is a kind of like a suspense mystery whodunit kind of thing more yeah. than anything really for us the viewers anyways mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I don't know so, I, I just I never I didn't really I don't think I've ever even the first time I watched this I don't think I ever really came away from it scared the dog like, scene scared me when I was a kid like, at least the first time I saw it yeah and um, the decapitation scene <laughs> I think the hanging scene landed, like, freaked me out. Because the first but... Final Destination movie scares me, too. Just, like, the Rube Goldberg of death coming your way. Like, <laughs> it's just something about that, and that decapitation scene holds it for me. So, like, with that, I gave it a five. I do find it scarier than Carrie. But, like, in a movie that is so great, if we're going to talk about it in the horror era and, like, scariness, I think it's we have to be kind of frank and be like this is more of your suspense thriller than it is your conjuring jump movie 
Yeah. Um. Actually, for that, I'm gonna. Uh, do you? You give. You give Carrie a four and a half. Four. You give Carrie a four. Oh my god. Wow. I don't feel that way anymore. Neither uh, do I. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I, I. I. So this is the one score I didn't write down. Um, okay. Because I wanted to see where we landed with like the. Because I couldn't remember what movie we did last week. I'm. I'm not with it this week yeah um, no, you're sick it's fine it's why we're doing it's why we're just keeping the pace moving um, for you. i'm i'm gonna give it a three um okay. I, I i mean i definitely think that uh curry deserves like a one but you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i have the results okay okay all right so to review the scores for plot Tens. Cinematography, tens. Audio, tens. And for How Scary, I gave it a five and Justin gave it a three. It's a Here's Johnny final score of an 85. It is tied with The Faculty, my second favorite horror film of all time, <laughs> and The Perfection, uh, which was a review we did um, back when Justin had COVID, Resident Evil Village, Revenge, another review I did when Justin had COVID, and Jordan Peele's Us. I did watch right? both those movies. Yeah, the, you did. The Perfection and Revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was our Rape Revenge episode I did while you were right. gone with Rachel right, and right. Mars. Uh, the movies above it are Ex Machina, Halloween 2018, and Psycho Gorman with 87s. And the films below it are 30 Days of Night and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, man, I forgot that game's coming out next year. I think yeah, it's next I'm, year. I, I set up for the beta, so we'll see what happens. But with that, Justin, that is the end of our Omen review, and we are going to head on into the closing after a commercial break from one of our partners. Ghosts. Split souls. Monsters. Sociopathic villains. Cold-blooded murders. And nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's John. Justin, next week, Patreon Forced episode. Yes. Uh, listeners, as you listen to this episode, we're going to be reviewing on Tuesday night. Justin has... Uh, birthday for his son yep. and here in America we have real Thanksgiving so we're getting it done a little oh, early oh man you know what I forgot to send you oh I wonder if I could... it's okay well hold on I'm gonna check this out right now while we're recording how <laughs> okay. long to ship something to uh, from Ontario and find <laughs> out if I can get it there in time shipping um four days don't worry about it I'll, I'll do it for Christmas I want to try to make you know what I'll do I want to make poutine for Christmas three so days send it to me then. if I send it through uh, UPS it'll take three days <laughs> if, if you, you are sick and you were dealing with a lot so how about you just send it to me for Christmas I, 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 will, I, I will make poutine I am going a to a store that has uh, a post office literally inside of Dude, it that shit so that gravy was so fucking good i'm not, I'm not even gonna fight anymore fine if you're willing i will i will take it yeah i'll, I'll, so I'll see if i'll see if i can get it done tomorrow yeah 
And uh, listeners, I would love to see in Discord, because our Discord's been really good. I want to give a lot of sh- shout-out to Coffee Mug, a.k.a. Daddy, and Emily, <laughs> and The Peak. I feel like they have really been like keeping the Discord conversations going. Yeah. And I feel like a lot more people are talking. Because usually we'll have like a brief conversation that kind of stops, but I feel like those three in particular have done a really good job of like keeping people engaged, asking questions, and sharing music. It's been really appreciated, and I really appreciate you guys doing that. So for Thanksgiving, I would love to see what you're making. I know I'm going to cook for the first time using a Dutch oven. I'm going to cook a Crown Royal. You've never cooked a Dutch oven before? No, I'm borrowing one from the P, actually, to do it. I'm going to cook it in the fire. Oh, oh, okay. Not like a Dutch oven, Dutch oven. Like a real Dutch oven. It's like a cast iron one, yeah. I'm going to put it out in the fire pit. And I'm going to do a Crown Royal glazed ham. Mmm. Yeah, delicious. I'm, I'm pretty excited. So, but no, next week is The Witch. Um, it's a more recent film, and I know a lot of people have seen it. So, if you want to send some thoughts in, just make sure you get it to us by Tuesday if you can. I already got Emily's uh, email letting us know why she selected it. But no, no campfire section again. Just not feeling well, and I'm not going to. We're just getting this episode recorded and done, <laughs> so he can take some medicine and get some sleep. I he offered, and I told him no. Uh, that's all I have, Justin. Do you have any last thoughts, buddy? No. All right. Get Just no. Sleep. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, uh, we will talk to you until after Thanksgiving. So please have a wonderful time. Be yes, safe. Happy Thanksgiving, your family. And uh, until next time, enjoy Pokemon. Stay scary. Oh, I will. <laughs> stay scary, everybody. <laughs> Bye. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at beaver la you can find justin at pickle thing and you can email the show at here's johnny podcast at gmail.com you can look us up on facebook at here's johnny podcast as always in the show notes you can find links to the discord and to the website we are also on instagram at here's johnny underscore podcast also in the show notes we'll have a link to the twitch and youtube channels and if you would like to support the show you can head on over to patreon.com slash here's johnny podcast every cent goes into the show and yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. Bye.